Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the Grouch Anthem? No, no, no. With a Grouch Anthem, you stay sitting down. Down in front, man. You should never let people see your card. When bluff, when call. I did not rage. I flipped over the ace. I raked on the chip. Put it with pop. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, we are back for yet another episode. What is this, episode five? Yeah, I guess so. It feels like it's like 50. Cause yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really know why. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say something about how bad they've been. They felt as long as 10 episodes each, but it's not really true. They actually, I don't really pay attention to them. So this feels like episode one. All right. Well, this is actually episode five. Uh, we'll bring you part two of Tommy Angelo's interview. Um, right after we get done BSing about random crap. Um, this is Tecmo Super Bowl. I guess we should do some introductions. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's in the grouch. Yeah. Way to oversell. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about some crap, and then we'll get to the part you guys want to hear. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess to to start it off, uh, you know, the initial crap is your week. <laughs> how, how was your week? If, if people aren't going to be able to tell we rehearsed. This just feels so natural. <laughs> uh, it was all right. I played live poker for the first time since the shutdown. I played five-card draw with children. Um, <laughs> Why? Uh, we went down to my girlfriend's uh, parents' house and her nieces and nephews came over and we were playing cards and we played for, everyone had pennies. Nice. I tried to explain bluff catching, they didn't understand. <laughs> two, twos and jacks were wild. Okay, it's, okay. It's like stop calling with two pair. It's, it's a bluff catcher at best, but <laughs> no one's bluffing. <laughs> did, they, did they just not understand? No, they would like, they would, you know, check behind on pre-draw, stand pat, and then check behind with a full house. And it's like, you really got to put some money in there. <laughs> games are good. Yeah, games are good. That's right. <laughs> These are the kids that used to be playing online. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How old are they? Like nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, then their dad was playing and he was thrown off by the wild cards about relative hand value and it's like man, you, got, you got to adjust yeah i mean that's that's the first thing i teach when i'm coaching nine-year-olds is adjusting yeah 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 i mean and i use the same strategy i use for triple draw which is to draw four and like bink the nuts so that worked out pretty well <laughs> nice. yeah I, I think i won like 35 cents well that's pretty big if you're playing for just pennies yeah what can i say Do i mean when you draw I had I had five of a kind. It's the nuts. <laughs> That's true. Did you manually enter that into Holdem Manager? Yes, <laughs> I did. I mean, what else? Are you, I don't. I mean, I didn't. I don't have the. I have Holdem Manager for Holdem and PLO. I don't have it for five card draw with deuces and jacks wild. So I had oh, okay. to. Fudge, I had to fudge a little bit. So I mean, it's basically the same as Omaha, isn't it? It. I don't know. I think it's more skill based than Omaha, but yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, that's what I've come to the conclusion with PLO is basically five card draw with wild cards. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what's been going on with you? Have, you? have you been playing cards with children as well? Um, 
if we're talking about their maturity levels, then yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but have no, you they, playing cards as a child then? If we're going with <laughs> maturity level, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my the 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 cash game that I go to every month at my buddies, the one two game that I boast that I crush every time I go. Um, that that happened again, and I I lost again. Um, <laughs> so wow. that's not really working out. So, Why don't you tell us how bad you do at that cash game and how you never win? Yeah, that's and not then, a bad idea. Yep. Yeah, okay, so I suck, and I, I, I just have no chance of winning there. Um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I like the segment a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but no, nothing too much to report there. I just, you know, just wasn't getting any cards. Um, but uh, I only finished down a little, so... Nothing too exciting to report there. Uh, but I did last weekend. In addition to that, that was Saturday night. Uh, last weekend was Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so me, my girlfriend, Pygmy Hero, and his wife uh, went up for a trip to the Borgata in Atlantic City. Um, we drove up Sunday, uh, stayed Sunday night, and came back on Monday. And the plan, I mean, we had these, like, luxurious plans for playing a ton um my girlfriend doesn't really play but everyone else does and she was gonna play you know whatever or just kind of read and do her own thing um but we didn't even end up getting up there until maybe four o'clock uh because of traffic and laziness and stuff (laughs) and uh, not necessarily in that order yeah (laughs) and uh we went to panera first for breakfast and uh i've never eaten breakfast there have you no i have not okay do you guys have panera out in hippie land we do have yeah we ride our bikes there okay um so anyway uh they have these things called souffles and they're really really good uh my girlfriend raved about them so i tried one it was like a ham and swiss souffle i got a bagel i got an m&m cookie and i got a smoothie and it was awesome and it was way too much. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> and then you took a nap. Yeah. Well, I got the I got the souffle and the bagel and an orange juice for breakfast, and then I was like, looking, and they had this giant M M&M and M cookie, and I can't pass that up. So I got the cookie, and then I was like, well, I'm gonna need something to drink with it, so I got a smoothie. And I right. was, yeah, that was too much. I was, like. A tenth of the way through the smoothie, I was like, I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. That's um, like, those, those are your calories for the next two days. Yeah. But... <laughs> That's just breakfast. Um, but anyway, uh, we we got there at four and we had dinner reservations. I don't know if you, uh, you're West Coast. I'm, I'm guessing you haven't been to Atlantic City. No, okay. I don't. You're, yeah. Yeah. It's probably a good idea. Um, I, I once I saw some really sad people once, and I figured that's sort of just I can extrapolate from there. Yeah, that's definitely. Some, someone <laughs> asked me, I think it was my mom. She said, "So is Atlantic City like Vegas?" And I was like, um, "No." <laughs> I was like, I can't remember the analogy I used, but essentially, I was like, "Vegas is like you know, at least gives the impression of being a happy city, even though deep down it's probably not." Uh, but Atlantic City is just so, like, it's just, like, dirty and somber and, ugh. It's, like, just gambling. If, if you don't 
gamble, then there's no reason to be there at all. Unless you're going to read or do with something else, like yeah. your girlfriend was yeah. going to do, then it's a great place to go read. Yeah. Well, that's why I was kind of confused that she wanted to go. But I, but they do have, the Borgata does have some nice restaurants and stuff. And, you know, it's only like a day trip, so. Um, but anyway. She probably, went, she probably went for the stop at Panera. It's yeah. like, all right, if we're going to stop at Panera, I'll go. <laughs> yeah. Wait, we're going to, the, we're going to get souffle? All right, I'm in. Souffles and smoothies and cookies? I'm in. <laughs> um, it was a souffle trip for her, so. Um. So yeah, anyway, we got up there. We had dinner reservations at Fornaletto, which is an Italian place, I believe. Sounds Italian. Based um, on the name, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Um, what did you get there? Did you get spaghetti? If so, yes, Italian yeah, place. That's exactly what I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, Way to go, on a, go out on a limb and guess what kind of restaurant it is. Yeah. I had this French food. I'm not really sure. I think it might be a German place. <laughs> I feel like... I don't know too much about uh, German food, but I feel like any German food would have to be, like, angry sounding. <laughs> It'd have to be like, spaghetti! <laughs> I don't know why. You're right, this part of this podcast is crap. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so, so we got there at, like, four. Got to our rooms, dropped off our stuff, then went and played for an hour. Um, and I played some just some one two uh no limit hold'em uh finished up a little um and um then we went to eat we went to Fortaletto. uh it was actually uh really good overall um they have these like they have like really great cheeses so like this cheese appetizer thing that you can pick like five seven or nine different cheeses or something and uh, so that was good. Uh, I ordered the spaghetti and meatballs because that apparently was really good there. But I don't know. It's like they make their own pasta. And anytime something's really fancy, I usually don't like it um, for whatever yeah. reason. As a man who went to a nice restaurant and got spaghetti, spaghetti and meatballs, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I still remember uh, my ex-girlfriend. She lives. She lived in northern Virginia in this really, really rich part in like this giant house well that's where our parents lived um and we were dating in college and uh i remember going there and they were having steak for dinner but i'm not i don't like steak um the only kind of steak i like is stouffer's uh salisbury steak (laughs) 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 so what did you did did you tell them that um, I did, I did, and uh, and I was like, so yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm not really a big fan of steak. Is there any way, you know, I could have something else? And they were like, well, you don't like steak at all. I was like, well, I do like Salisbury steak from Stouffer's. So, so they got one of those for me and heated it up, and I always just eat it. Like I'm, I'm guessing you've had Stouffer's meals before. Yes. Yeah, like they have the little black, you know, little plastic tray or whatever it comes in. Um, so I've I've never eaten it outside of that tray because there's no reason not to, um, but they like you know cooked it and put it on this nice fancy plate and it looks very uh, very bad when you put the Stouffer Salisbury steak on a nice plate and then everyone else has their like giant really actually nice steak and I'm like huh. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say when you put Stouffer's food next to real food. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you had, like, the set 
of a of a of a fancy city and you put it like in the middle of a nice city, you would notice the set of the nice city was not actually real. Yeah, yeah. And and this is something that's going in your body. And so Yeah. I mean I was, well, obviously you're not that discerning. I mean, we talked about <laughs> breakfast already, so yeah. Well yeah, um, I wasn't concerned. I was I was happy. I mean I I enjoyed it. It was tasty. <laughs> Um, but did, just... did they look uncomfortable with this? I would imagine like people that are eating real steak. <laughs> Someone going, "Oh, I don't like real steak. I just like it from Stouffer's." <laughs> they uh, they probably looked down on me quite a bit. I uh, I imagine myself, you know, as them just kind of like, "Oh, that poor my uh, poor boy over there that's never had nice things." <laughs> So, and refuses them. Yes, exactly. So we try to give him nice things, and he just is a jerk about it. <laughs> Makes us do extra work. Um, yeah, I mean, in defense of Stouffer's, our family lasagna recipe is Stouffer's. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually don't like Stouffer's lasagna, weirdly enough. But I don't know. Um, too, is it too nice? Because that usually, that usually goes in the oven. We like do the, so. Maybe like you only like food that is microwaved. I don't know. I don't know. I I think if I uh, you had me over for dinner and you were having uh, Stouffer's lasagna, I would ask someone to actually make it from scratch, and then have that, and then have everyone else have their Stouffer's stuff, and then I would have my special one. But we would all eat out of like plastic microwave yeah. trays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'd have this really nice lasagna in a plastic tray, <laughs> like the lasagna from uh, from Salt Lake. Yes. Uh, um, and then there'd be a park outside the window. It would be great. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I wasn't a big fan of the spaghetti and meatballs. Uh, Too fancy? Yeah, whatever. I don't know why. I just wasn't a fan. But uh, Pygmy's wife, uh, she loved it. So she she ate all that. And I ended up eating half of Pygmy's food. Cause he, I don't know what he the fancy name of what he got. But it was essentially just chicken. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like that. Um, and that was good. Uh, so, yeah, then we we were done there uh, and went and played a little bit more. Instead, this time, just to switch it up, I decided to play some Limit Hold'em since that's Pygmy's forte. Not that I have to play what he plays, but I, I was like, oh, I'll try some Limit Hold'em. So I sat for a little bit at 2-4 uh, Limit and, wow... Like, that's that's a little painful. I gotta admit, uh, playing low limit, uh, limit hold home. I don't know. I like old people yelling at me, so it's fun. Yeah, I mean, well, if you want old people, it definitely studs your game. But this, I don't know. It was. I'm obviously not great at limit hold home, but I mean, I don't know. It's just it was weird because. Because it's limit, it's like everyone's always involved. Everyone is calling. Every hand takes an hour. Um, whereas in no limit, I mean, when I played that before we went to Fornaletto, I played, and uh, you know, everyone's you know, it's pots are usually two or three handed at most. You know, people are folding on flops and stuff. I don't know. It just seems like a quicker game, and you can you can bluff, and I don't know. I guess that's why I play no limit. <laughs> Um, no, I, yeah, I've played like three six a few times, and it really it seems like everybody plays all the way to the river, and then is surprised that you are still there 
when your hand catches up on the river. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you fold? Why do you not ever fold? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I had someone who was so short stacked that we capped it pre-flop and then she raised her last chips on the flop when she had aces and I had queens and was furious that I caught a queen on the turn. It's like, why don't you have enough chips to make me want to fold? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and and they don't have aces cracked bonuses on weekends. So she was even more mad. So, (laughs) Oh, all those bonuses. But anyway, um, yeah. So I, I actually, I, the only big hand I played of that limit hold'em was I had queens and raised it up, got 17 callers and the flop was king jack 10 and got a guy donked out so i was like okay he's got a king um so i just called all the way down hit the nine on the river and scooped in a decent pot and finished up a little bit there um and um, did he yell at you no no he was actually very nice uh that's weird yeah i agree but uh Sound like the uh did you ever hear about the the story at the Taj Mahal about the guy who uh stabbed the other dude? No. Yeah, I I don't know all the details. But go ahead. Someone who stabbed someone over a card game in Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you'll need evidence to convince me of this. <laughs> all, I don't remember all the details, but they I think one guy got up or something. Maybe he went to go for like a smoke break or something and. Uh, another guy came back to and got in his seat. I, th- I think I think it was a seat issue, and uh, and the guy stabbed him. <laughs> so, wow. So yeah, uh, probably shouldn't take someone's seat at the Taj at least. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, that was about it for the poker for the trip. Um, we we uh, went to this, this other restaurant called Old Homestead in uh all this is like actually in the borgata and uh is that chinese food based on the name <laughs> yes yes it's, it's like chinese slash mexican um it's a it's a lot of it's, rice it's like a chow mein taco yeah <laughs> um so anyway uh we went there because uh when we were trying to decide where we were going to go for dinner that we those were the final two options and the only reason i was voting for old homestead is because they have this item called the big fat chocolate cake and that's all i wanted i didn't care about anything else but i was glad we went to fornaletto for dinner um people at home the hostesses and hostess are um at old homestead we went there at we went there at like eight or something to find out when they closed and if we could just make a reservation and we're like oh we're doing dessert only and they were like no reservations for dessert only just show up and we'll try to get you in and i said okay so then we get there at like 9 45 i think was our plan because they were closing at 11 and they just had this attitude like oh you you want to eat here you you want a table and i was like yeah yeah that's kind of how this works i come in you give me a table give me food i pay you um but they just had this very arrogant attitude have they heard the podcast that maybe why i i don't know (laughs) but i hope they do now because they're jerks um the the, like it was fine once we got in and just you know the service was decent there and the the chocolate cake was decent i took a picture of it obviously um (laughs) uh and uh yeah, I mean, so that was all good, but 
Yeah, it was just like when we were trying to make a reservation, or we were trying to get a table, and they were like, do you have a reservation? I was like, no, I tried to make one. You guys said not to. And they are like, oh, okay, well, we'll see what, if we can fit you in. Which is what they told you. Don't make a reservation. We'll see if we can fit you in. They just yeah. didn't tell you with what temperament that would happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, had they told me, uh, I still would have gone. But anyway. Um, Don't make a reservation. Just come down and we'll be rude to you. Yeah. <laughs> and, then you and then you can have cake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was really off put because they just seemed very, very arrogant. Like, how dare you want to patronize our establishment? You know, it's like, okay. All right, I'll, I'll go home now. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so that was all good, and that's pretty much all the poker we had a chance to play. It was like two hours worth. Um, I finished up like 40 bucks or something, 20, 20-ish from No Limit Hold'em, 20-ish from Limit Hold'em. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that, was, that was good, I guess, that I finished up. Um, and then, then, then the next morning, we... Went to this place called the, I think it's Metropolitan, and that was actually really, really good food, and not jerks at the beginning of it. Um, and then I finished, I got the, I don't remember what I got, but some three cheese omelet or something, which was, was delicious, but I finished it off with the cookie sandwich. Uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I eat a lot of dessert. <laughs> um, I, I it was uh, it was two chocolate chip cookies, um, with Reese's gelato in the middle, rolled in sprinkles. Wow! And that's what I had for my uh, the car ride home. Did you guys have to stop along the way to get you more food? That doesn't sound like very much for you. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, you know, I wanted a smoothie too, but I decided against that and just went and got a, a water from the poker room. But uh, yeah, you know, I had to lighten it up a little on the on the, the ride home. Wow. Uh, so, so yeah, that was that was a good trip, um, and then uh, that was about it for for that. I'm just uh, tonight. I'm preparing to. We have our. Uh, I'm I'm not going to Vegas until the 27th of June, uh, but a bunch of my other buddies that I usually go out with are going in a week, and uh, we we usually go every year together. Um, but this time I wanted to play the triple draw event, so I had to go at a separate time. Um, but anyway, they're going in a week, and they're going to be playing. I think one of the Venetian deep stack events. So, uh, in preparation, we're having a big buy-in tournament tonight uh, that's usually using the same exact structure and chip stacks and all that for the, of the Venetian. So that'll be fun. So you guys will be done in like 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, depending on how they play, it, it could take 30, 35. Um, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, when we say it's going to be a big buy-in event, you know, big buy-in for us is going to be like $100 for a home game, home game tournament. Um, mm. Normally, it's play for like you know, $35 buy-in or something. Um, so, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I think that wraps up my BS. Um, do you have any further BS? No, I think we've talked enough about desserts and yeah, Italian is, food now. Yeah, this is <laughs> really long. <laughs> it is re Yeah. Um, it felt long to me. This I think we're on episode 51 now. <laughs> 
Um, so let's jump into the news. Uh, I don't think really anything of noteworthy has happened at the World Series, has it? Not that I have noticed, but I mean, really, I've, I, I feel like any time Eric Seidel is out of an event, I'm no longer interested. So there really hasn't been a lot happening. Yeah. I mean, no, so. no big news stories whatsoever I can think of. Nope. Oh, except uh, Phil Ivey. Uh, yeah, it's this, I don't know, it's this guy, I think he started in Atlantic City and worked his way up, I don't know, he's like a small time grinder or something, <laughs> um, no, he, uh, yeah, so he is boycotting the World Series and, uh, is suing Full Tilt, so, yeah. what are your, what are your thoughts? I don't know. People are making him out to be like, the, like he is the hero and he's going to save people and get them their money. He, I don't. I mean, he might care a little bit, but he wants to just separate himself from all this nonsense and open himself up to be able to get deals doing other things. I mean, it's which is fine, but pretending like he's doing it for the players doesn't fly with me. Yeah, it seems a bit like out of character for him. You know, like it's not like this whole time. Uh, Phil Ivey has been, you know, a champion of the people, you know, you know, some somebody like uh, Greg Raymer, you know, who's like, you know, all, you know, talking um, or being like the face of like the PPA or whatever. Not really the face of PPA, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like Greg Raymer out there helping us um, with Congress and everything or, you know, a Mike Sexton or, you know, just somebody out there who is really seems like they're speaking for the people. Ivy is not that at all. Um, yeah. He, I mean, like if it was Negrano or something like that, where it's somebody that really seems to like want to promote the game of poker and all this stuff. Ivy seems like he does it begrudgingly. Like, yeah, definitely. Negrano, like, on the other hand, you know, you see him on the commercials, you know, he's he's always out there trying to promote the game. But yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, like Howard and Chris Ferguson, like, had to, like, convince Phil Ivey that he should go do things. Yeah. Like, you used to watch him on early episodes of Poker After Dark, and it'd be like, I'm all in, I gotta go play golf. Yeah. Like, it was just like, yeah, I told you guys I'd be here, it's Tuesday, I'm done. <laughs> it really didn't seem like someone who had a lot of interest in promoting the game. And I know those aren't exactly the same thing, and... There is like a, more of a moral issue with the money and all of that stuff, but it's that's not what this is about. He's not an agent of the people. I mean, I if it's not like we're starting a class action suit led by Phil Ivy to get our money back. I mean, yeah, he he wants to be able to do what he wants and not be tied to this full tilt thing. And I mean, I'm guessing this isn't something that happened after Black Friday. I think this is he wants to do his own thing build a brand or whatever and he's kind of stuck that's what it feels like yeah i don't think he said 150 million dollars in offers or whatever he's claiming he's lost since black friday i don't think there's a lot of poker promotion happening yeah i agree and i you know it seems like nothing he does makes him happy <laughs> i mean i've never seen him playing craps or whatever and uh they were like you know they're saying i remember that story that where he said uh did you hear about the story where he was playing craps at... Oh, I can't remember the casino. It was He was playing craps somewhere, and, like, the die... One of the die got uh, stuck on the wall. It was, like, you know, not fully on the ground. Or fully, yeah. Um, did you hear about the story? Nope. Oh. I did not. I don't hear about it. Was, was Eric Seidel there? No. <laughs> that's that's why. Um, 
So yeah, anyway, he, he, I don't know, apparently the guy made a ruling that went against Ivy, and he's like, if you ever see me playing here again, I will suck your dick. <laughs> and, and it turned to like the floor manager, or floor, uh, floor dude again, and he's like, I'll suck yours too if, I'm, if you see me here again. And so, I don't know, he's not like... He doesn't come off as the most pleasant guy. Like I, I, I don't think he comes off as a jerk ever. Um, I would say right there would well, be an example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just I wouldn't say ever. Yeah. All right. Good. Good call. Um, maybe not ever, but uh, he seems like he's in it for the gamble. He's in it for the money. Um, doing and and coming out and saying, "Look, I'm fighting for the people." Maybe it's true, but it doesn't seem in line with his past. Um, so, you know, and, and again, that's fine. I'm not knocking the guy for wanting to, to look out for number one, but don't do it while, while saying you're, you're not, you know, that, well, m- making it seem like, I, I think he said something to the effect of he wants 150 million. Um, and that's like something near the number of, uh, how many dollars full tilt owes American players. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, yeah. And they were saying, oh, maybe he's suing for $150 million so that he can then give it back to the players. I don't think Phil Ivey, if he gets $150 million, he's going to be giving all of that away. No. Um, I mean, and I don't want him to. I want my money myself. I don't want you to pay Phil Ivey my money. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the other thing is he's, he's, he's coming out saying, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for the people, yada, yada, yada. This can't help our chances of getting our money back. Um, if, no. if Full Tilt's struggling to rate, they put out a statement where they essentially said, well, we're trying to raise some capital, you know, I think we're going to have a bake sale, um, something like that. Um, and uh, if, if they're worried about paying Phil Ivey $150 million, I got to think that that's going to hurt our chances of getting money. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. The chances don't sound super awesome right now. Like, there's all this stuff about all the money, the people that owe money. Like, Red Pro is playing on credit. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, yeah, I did. Like, that Benjamin supposedly owes them like four million. I think is what I read, and that's why he stopped wearing a patch because like he's they're harassing him for money, and so it's like this whole weird situation where it's like, I guess they've been putting money in people's accounts without having it come through, and now they're what's taking so long. And it makes sense to me what would take so long is they're waiting until they figure out who has made deposits that they credited that didn't actually give them money, which so they don't want to start paying people until they know who's really owed money. But it's going to take a really long time to track that down. And I think they're embarrassed to say that's what happens. So they're not going to say that. But that does, you know, ring true to me that they are in the hole because they've been crediting accounts that didn't pay them. And now they have to figure out what to do about it. Yeah. I mean, you combine that with the crediting of players, with various, you know, if, throw on top of this Ivy lawsuit, it definitely doesn't bode well for people getting their money back, let alone, you know, I, I barely have any money on there now, just the small amount of rake back I got. Um, but I do have, you know, something like $500 worth of full tilt points. Um, and I was, I was hopeful that I would get that at least, um, but that's not looking good either. I feel like... If if cash outs are months and months away, full tilt points are that much further away. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I mean, it's it's an unfortunate situation, but like the Ivy thing is just making it worse. It's not making it better. And I think, and I don't, I don't, I don't. Under, I think it's just people are looking for anything to be excited about at this point because 
I think everyone would have saw through this, would have seen through this in the same way that we're talking about it. If this had happened like a year ago, if Ivy sued for some other reason, he's like, I'm doing it for the people. It's everybody like, no, it's Ivy. That's silly. Or now it's like, oh, I want my money back. Oh, it must be good. Yeah, I, I don't know. And the other thing that is like confusing, he said he's not playing in the World Se- at the World Series because he thinks it's not right that he could play when all kinds of other people who have money tied up can't. And I, while that's you know, 100% um, admirable, it it again doesn't seem in line with Ivy's past. So I, I'm just confused by the boycott. Like, and at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're playing in an event, in an event, you love the fact that Ivy's not playing in it. But as a poker fan, I I like seeing Ivy play, you know. Right. Um. So I would I would rather him play. It's not like by him boycotting it and saying, "Oh, I shouldn't be able to play if they can't play." It's not like, "Oh, he doesn't have any money." Like it's not, it's not like if he plays, like let's say he played the twenty five thousand dollar heads up event. It's not like that money that he just spent on playing the event is it anyway affects me getting my money back. <laughs> so it's it's very symbolic, but not really helpful at all, you know. And I, yeah, and it's it's not the kind of thing where like if more people knew about this Black Friday thing, then the world would change. Like everyone knows, it's not like you're taking a stand, you know, against some social issue that may not be on people's radar or something. Like everyone in poker knows what happens. And you not playing changes nothing. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's just... I would actually just rather... I mean, I'm disappointed that he's not playing. I, I you know, I want to... You know, him and Dwan have all the crazy uh, bracelet bets. And, you know, he's just... You know, you want to see the best players play. Yeah. Um, I'm disappointed that Howard and Chris Ferguson are not playing. Or, you know, anyone else that... I don't know. At the top of full tilt that is in hiding. Like, I mean, watching Howard Letterer and Chris Ferguson play poker is one of the most thrilling things <laughs> besides watching paint dry. And yeah. How- no, I mean, and I'm assuming it's the guys that, you know, kind of have the reins of full tilt are not going to dare show their face because you don't know who's going to get arrested or whatever or punched. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, it's probably a mix of both. They probably don't want to see all those hats that Ferguson bought that I was talking about last yeah. time. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's the thing, though, is I think that's kind of spread across. I see people on 2 plus 2 kind of talking about, like, oh, if you see this full tilt pro, harass them. Like, why? They're not doing this. Yeah. They don't. I mean, people blame the DOJ. Like, I don't agree with that. I at least see how this might be the DOJ's fault. Like, I really can't be mad at, like, John Juwanda. Like, I don't think John Juwanda's like, yeah, let's take their money. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not. It doesn't make any sense at all. And I think. They're, they're, they are employees of a company that was mismanaged in ways that most people probably didn't realize. I, I'm sure Howard Letterer knew what was going on. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Ferguson or those kind of guys. But the guys that are a step down from that, I mean, I don't. I just can't imagine that they're that aware of how mismanaged things are, and they're probably stuck with money online in the same way that we are. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, I don't really see what good comes of harassing John Jawanda or whomever. Like, I, that story, I think it was a James Board was uh, yeah. harassing John Jawanda. Um, and it came off as, you know, this, this whole full tilt thing. But 
it turns out that it might be something way more personal or or completely unrelated, um, which you know can't speak to that. But as far as this mob mentality of yeah, let's get them, you know, if you see a full tilt pro. I don't know, you know. Hit him in the face with a pie. Yeah, exactly. Like spitballs and uh, run up and pull their pants down. You know, like what? Like what? What do? You, well, I don't understand what this accomplishes other than just letting your frustrations out. I guess, but that's yeah. And I think that's what it is. And I think it's too, like it's it's like some sort of weird protest thing. But you're not protesting to the right people. It's not their fault they're i mean i'm sure there are some number of full tilt team full tilt people that knew this was happening but for the most part people wearing a patch don't necessarily have that information but they're also contractually bound to wear the patch and if they stop wearing the patch like i don't know what that means i don't know what their contracts are but i'd imagine there's legal ramifications and i wouldn't be surprised if that relates to why ivy isn't showing up as he has this contract that he has to wear the patch at all events he doesn't want to wear the patch he won't play any events. Yeah. And that's why, you know, and that makes a lot more sense why he wouldn't show up is he is in, he's on strike. And then, and, and the other thing is, I know with, with Ivy's situation is, you know, he, he's trying to get out of the contract so that he can do other things. Like you said, um, and I mean, one perfect example of that is this whole, before all black Friday went down, the whole bickering on high stakes poker between poker stars and full tilt, you know, I'm, I'm guessing him not being able to play high stakes poker. I mean, that was, that's got to be a big deal for his his brand, if you will. Yeah. Um, and go ahead. I was gonna say, I think, I mean, and I think that's the sort of thing that he wants to be a free agent. I mean, it's Helmuth getting out of UB is probably better for him in terms of as a guy who likes to be on TV. He can now be on any TV show he wants. Yeah. And not that Ivy's like Let, show me on TV. He just wants to be able to play in, in the best games. And if the best game is high stakes poker, he's going to want to be there. If it's poker after dark, and he's going to want to go there and fall asleep because that's what happens when you watch poker after dark. <laughs> show is boring. Yeah. Although the cash games can be good. It's it yeah it's okay. I mean the cash games remind me of like man I wish we could be on high stakes poker. Oh well let's play over here. Like it still feels not as good. I mean I enjoy the unedited less edited, you know, show every hand kind of thing, yeah. but it's a little tedious to watch sometimes, and it's I can't imagine it's as much fun for people that aren't big poker nerds like me. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, speaking of, of watching poker, I mean, the, it, it's always <laughs> going to be tedious um, to a point, because I mean, it's not, it's not really that I mean, let's talk, I mean, let's be honest, it's not really that exciting to watch poker, <laughs> uh, especially if you, can, if you can't see the whole cards. But, uh, but speaking of watching poker, um, have you checked out the ESPN3 streaming uh, of the World Series events yet? I have not. Have you? Yes. I, I was actually uh, watching some of it for the first time last night. They had the $25,000 Heads Up event. The semifinals and the finals were... I mean, other stuff was streamed too, but uh, I, this was what I, what I was watching. Um, was it Jake Cody versus Gus Hansen in the semis and Timoshenko and somebody else in the other semis? And uh, Evgeny Temeshenko and then Jake Cody played for the finals. And it was I was just really impressed. I mean, you should definitely check it out the next time they have something streaming. Uh, the quality, because I don't know if this will be like for all the other events. Maybe it was just really good for the 25K heads up that they had um, commentators and everything. But uh, Tucked in Sports, I can't, I can't remember his first name. Something Tucked in, maybe. Um 
Is it the guy that does Live at the Bike with Bart? Yeah. Dave Tuckman? Dave, oh, Dave Tuckman? I thought it was Tuckton. Um, anyway, he, he's doing the hosting, was really did really well. Um, and uh, Phil Galfon was guest uh, commentating for one of the matches. And then Heralibus Vulgaris came on, who actually seems like a pretty cool guy. Um, I don't know if you saw him on High Stakes Poker, but um, he was he was uh, doing guest commentating, and it was just like really well done. It looked like like a polished broadcast, unlike this or anything. You know, <laughs> it it, <laughs> it, uh, it was like you know it, you couldn't see whole cards, but you could see they had all the graphics up there, and it, I don't know. It was just really well done. I definitely recommend you guys checking out. Um, the final tables on ESPN3.com. Um, like I said, I watched the the heads up event and Jake Cody spoiler spoiler alert um, ended up taking it down. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah, it was just I was just really really impressed by. I thought it was going to be like you know you 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 tune in and you can kind of see a table and there's some chips moving around and every now and then they say oh this guy won a hand but no they're like talking. You know, through and it, I guess it helped that it was a heads-up match because you can really focus in on both players. There's a lot of uh, thinking involved in each hand, and you can sort of break down analysis and stuff. But yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, I mean, I've I've watched some of the live like the like live main event final table stuff in the past, and it's it's been decent, but it hasn't been. I think the level of commentary there's just people coming and going, and yeah. some people are better at commentary than others. Versus you know having someone like Tuckman who actually I mean seems like he can run a, a broadcast a little better. Where a bunch of poker players doing it, it always comes off a little uncomfortable. And then like somebody shows up and they just want like Helmuth will show up and want to talk about how awesome he is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, it's like, yeah, was that the, what is, is that the November nine or something? I can't remember. Which yeah. I, I can't remember which one it was. Like he, he showed up and like, it just kind of derailed the whole thing. Yeah. And he was just like talking about himself. He wasn't, he didn't really, uh, yeah, that guy's a jerk. Um, Did you guys know that I have 11 bracelets? Yeah, exactly. Have I mentioned that to you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was really well done. So I was, I was very impressed. I, I saw that they were going to be doing, streaming of all the final tables I think with the exception of like a few but most final tables will be streamed um so I'll I'll be you know for anything where you know I I have a fantasy guy at a final table I have somebody on my fantasy team is at a final table or you know a deuce is cracked um maybe Vanessa Selps you know get makes the final table or something you know I'll definitely your final that. table for triple draw. Yeah, exactly. My uh, when I you know win my bracelet, you guys can watch all the sweet action on uh, streaming. Um, although triple draw is definitely one of the worst <laughs> to watch because there's you don't see any cards ever until the end. There's no yeah. flop. It's limit. You know, it's not like there's going to be over bets. Um, but whatever, I'll make it fun. All right. There'll be cake as, and smoothies and cookies. It'll be as much fun as this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say that there's a polished podcast, you mean that like Phil Galfond is not talking about his dessert? Uh, that exactly. What... <laughs> um, <laughs> I started to make sure we're clear on what polished means. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, um, and then one other thing I wanted to mention about uh, the World Series, uh, I think it was, it was Christy Arnett and Lynn Gilmartin and Sarah Grant uh, over at Poker News, they did some, like, right before the World, Se- the, the, the World Series kicked off, they did some, like, 
I don't know, it's a little segment. And uh, at the end of the segment, they said that there's a new smoothie bar at the Rio, <laughs> at the Rio, and I'm really excited about that. I needed to mention that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. I hope they'll I'm be. Sure. I hope they'll be cookies, but even if there's not. I was going to say, I'm sure there'll be cookies in the vicinity, and you can have breakfast there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, man, if only they had souffles and cake too, then it'd be perfect. And milkshakes, yeah. And I don't know. God. Maybe a cupcake. I don't. I don't understand how you rock climb. I don't. <laughs> you must have like the most massive arms ever to lift all of this cake weight. I definitely. There's like a chairlift. Do not have massive arms. <laughs> um, do you leave the ground? Do you just like jump really high? I am tall. And then, um, okay, so you can get at least like six feet off of the ground by just reaching up and then pulling, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pygmy Hero is like been doing rock climbing for 15 years he's a beast um he's all he's like pretty much always the best climber at the gym and uh but he's not he's not very tall but he he's like he's probably three times as strong as me <laughs> um and he you know can crush me in any climb basically but what i do have is i can reach high <laughs> that's basically all i got going for me i got cake and I can reach high. <laughs> really, you know, in life, what else do you need? When you said he could crush you, I pictured him, like, picking you up and just squeezing. <laughs> <laughs> he could probably do that as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, rock climbing is awesome. Have you ever gone rock climbing? I have not. I have I have no upper body strength, so it didn't seem like a good move. Well, but... I, I am, upper body strength is actually probably the weakest part of me physically. Like, like... I've yeah, because you probably have the same thing that I do. You have, like, tall person long arms and, like, push-ups and pull-ups are stupid. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I was training for a fitness test uh, a few years ago um, for a job. And, you know, I, I ended up getting to the point where I could do a lot of push-ups um, after months and months of training. But that was the hardest thing for me. I, I think I got to where I could do, like, 50 push-ups, which was massive for me. Um, yeah, and but I could crush sit-ups. Like I, I did sixty something, sixty-one sit-ups in a minute, um, and those, you know, that's that's not a big deal for me if it's not like strength and it related. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I had the same uh, reluctance with rock climbing because I was like, oh, you know, it's essentially these big guys who are really strong, and but then you go in and you see like some little Asian girl or something, or, you know, a, a seven year old kid or a, a 65 year old guy, you know, like all, it's just a range of people and they're all climbing and you realize like, Oh, you know, they have like beginner and uh, intermediate and advanced and holds. Well, right. I didn't, I figured they didn't just go like, all right, let's go to the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> but there was some steps up, but I just figured like, I'm going to plateau Is plateau a mountain climbing term. It should be. Um, <laughs> That I would at a certain point where it's just like I couldn't get any higher just because I have, you know, really long. I, I mean, my wingspan is like six, 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 seven. Like it's very long. Oh, nice. And so to to actually like, you know, tighten my biceps and lift something up is a very long motion <laughs> where like pull ups are ridiculous. Push ups are ridiculous. And I have to explain that to people even when I was in really good shape, which is not now. And, you, you know, I eat almost as much cake as you do. Um, Push ups are just 
took forever. I mean, it's a really long distance for me to go from, you know, fully extended to the ground. But yeah, I, I, I don't have that big. I don't even know why we're talking about this. I don't know either, but we're going to finish it off. Um, All right. I, I, uh, we'll finish this on our fitness podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have, I think my wingspan is probably actually, I'm 6'3", um, but I probably have a wingspan of probably like 6'2", I feel like. Like, I don't, my arms aren't that long. Um, so that's helpful, I guess. Cause, I don't know, I'm picturing you with a, like a 6'7 wingspan. Like, when you raise your hand in class, it's like an actual effort that causes sweat. <laughs> um, that's only because I'm so out of shape, okay. but yes. <laughs> but no, I mean, I... I do we have... Do we have a longer combined wingspan than Hayball? We should find that out. I don't know. I'm sure Joe's wingspan has got to be massive. I mean, he's actually 6'7". What, so. what about Chuck, though? Yeah, well, he's he, Chuck's like 6'3", too. So. I know, but I'm, that's, I'm thinking like it could be close, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know. We should measure this. We'll have to challenge them, even though I think we'll probably lose. Um, seems like but we have Bard beat, though. Yeah, so yeah. Get a co-host, man. <laughs> um there was ever a reason to get a co-host it's the arm length challenge he's gonna get like a guy who's like seven seven just to show us <laughs> george mirasan <laughs> um, whatever happened to that guy all right anyway we're getting on too many uh tangents here uh i don't know why we were discussing rock climbing but it's good stuff um you should definitely check it out if, if uh, smoothies i don't yeah. really know pick me hero crushing you i know uh i know cg and dj sensei and a few other people rock climb as well but uh but yeah um to wrap up that's why jake cody won the heads up event <laughs> is that exactly yeah, is that what we were i think going for no i think that was i mean that was when i think jake cody i think rock climbing with pygmy hero yeah me too so um i think we've had enough of all of this uh why don't we go to the second half of the tommy angelo interview yeah. so that any both people that are still listening, <laughs> stop crying. Um, all right, sounds good. So coming up, we'll, we'll play the second part of Tommy Angelo's interview. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, uh, I did have one really pressing question. Um, you chose to, uh, to go as Tommy. Now, I went with Tom. Does that make you think any less of me? <laughs> uh, well... As boy, as in as my Tommy persona, even if I did think less of you, I wouldn't I wouldn't be allowed to tell you. Oh yeah, it's really complicated at that point. I mean, it's, it's hard to root it out. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like that sounds like a yes to me. Yeah, That's what I'm hearing. Actually, though, if you want to, uh, there there is a. I did actually change my name from Tom to Tommy when I moved to California. So it's a hippie type would thing. Would you like, well, there's a very stop sp- with the hippie thing. <laughs> there's a story behind it. It's all about poker. And I would love to tell you. Uh, the year was, I don't know, but over at the Oaks, they were having a 1530 game stud, 1530 stud games. This was probably about 19. Well, I can, yeah, it was 1998. Okay. So I'd been here about a year and, um, at Artichoke Joe's, they had uh, – there was, like, one guy there named um, Tom J and some other name that sounded a lot like Tom A. So I was signing up as Tom A, and when they would call my name – and he was playing every day, too. He was a total grinder, and there was another Tom something in there. And so it was, like, kind of confusing. And 
Um, so I just and so I just decided to sign up as Tommy, kind of on a whim, you know, just to like separate myself from the other ones, so I could hear him call my name on the microphone. Uh-huh. And so what happens is, and I had been called Tommy by like family and band members and stuff now and then over the years. So, uh, so they start call, in a place like that. Your name is whatever you sign up as. You know, if a guy signs up as JD, that's his name, right? Because they hear it on the microphone, JDC three. Yeah, everybody knows his name is JD. So. That's kind of like the boring part of the story. Okay. The funny part is, a little while later, uh, I went over to the Oaks to play in a 1530 stud game that they were having like just on Friday night. And at that time, it was going to be the only mid-limit stud game in the whole Bay Area. So it was like, I wanted to go over and check it out. You know, I'd played some stud. And I go in, and the game's full, and there's no one on the list. And uh, I go up to the sign-up podium and i said i'd like to sign up for the 1530 and she goes what's your name and i said tommy and she goes i need a last initial now i was kind of a dick sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and like all my dickness just like you know flamed up and i said uh i'm there's no list you know just what the hell difference does it make what my last initial is? My name's Tommy. Just put it on the list. And I mean, I might not have said it like that, but that was the, what I came across with. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I need a last initial. I have to have a last initial. And I said, okay, my name is Tom E. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Did she take it? How could she not? Yeah. <laughs> she had to fall. She's like, oh, this dickhead. <laughs> you got me. And, you know, I don't even think I stayed. I think I just left. I, did, I mean, I waited for the seat. Cause that's one of those things where if you're not in the starting lineup, forget it. A game like that. Well, know, well I feel like you peaked early. So, you you know, yeah, you're going to go out on top. I was just sputting around in the parking lot for a while. <laughs> Just, just going restaurant to restaurant, putting your name in for a table is Tom E. And just heading <laughs> okay. Um, did you have anything else as far as live play, Bryce? Yeah, the only, the only other one I had, I was re, I, from Elements of Poker, your first book available at TommyAngelo.com, um, <laughs> was I was looking at fast folding. There was actually like a discussion about, you know, live ethics on Deuces Cracked that's been going on. And I was kind of thinking about, you know, what is – is there really any advantage to like seeing people's cards, showing them your cards? Like that information exchange online is such a big deal of knowing, oh, the mucked hand was this, that I think when people move to live, they get a little obsessed with it. I mean, obviously from your book, it sounds like it's not that big of a deal to you. Do you feel like you're losing information or is it just more about game flow that you... Are you talking about asking me to see a called hand or are you talking about just just showing cards at all? Yeah, just showing like, I mean, you talked about like, you know, fast like fast rolling people so technically you wouldn't have to show your hand until they show theirs but just oh i see okay okay now i see what you're talking about i got you so let's define clearly what you're talking about here where one guy um says uh i missed is that the part you're talking about yeah just he bet the river you call and he says i missed and you've got like top pair and you could make him show but you turn over Right. Yeah. Or basically, just any time, uh, you know, he bets you call, you call, and he's hesitant, and that hesitancy likely means you you're ahead or something. Oh, I don't show there. The hesit- hesitation is not enough. Okay. I have to have some something more 
definite than a hesitation. So if he does say the words, I missed. Yeah. So, right, exactly. Or he taps the table indicating I missed. I mean, it has to be a very clear communication. In other words, I go to the completely the other extreme where, where if the guy doesn't indicate he missed or whatever, and he hemholes around, I will wait till the end of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I don't know if that does that kind of now there, there, there's another fast showing situation or fast folding is a, another form of giving away information out of turn that you don't really have to. Um, but the, I think those are pretty subtle, you know, pretty subtle things. The main one I think you might be talking about is where the guy says I missed, but you really, you really want to see what he had, right? I mean, right. You, you, is that what you're talking about? You're giving up valuable information. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, just, on, on. I, I mean, just any, any time that you're missing a chance to see what he had, either because you're fast folding or, or showing your cards Whatever. You know, right. out of turn, right? Could that be a negative EV decision? Absolutely. No. So, I mean, it, there's a, two disclaimers in the table poker section. One at the beginning that says this is basically my idea of what I think you know, solid players do. And then the other thing was in that particular section that if you sit there and make the other guy, if he says I missed and you just sit there and make him show and you don't even say a word and you just wait until he shows, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, and in high stakes games or high, you know, high level tournament play, I would absolutely do that. Okay. But that's just not my world. So it's, you know, my, my situation has generally been where I'm a regular at a casino. And in, in that situation, I think that in the metagame, for me, it was better to just do the courteous thing over and over and over again. No, that makes okay. sense. I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I think when you're talking high stakes or, you know, like you said, a, a final table at a tournament or something, it's it's, right. it's a bit different atmosphere than a, a, yeah. a, in your basement with I, your friends. Right. Well, not even at your basement with the friends. It, it, I'm still talking about professional level poker. It can be, I think, you know, better to show. I mean, I would absolutely make them show every single card I could ever see in a major tournament. Okay. Yeah, because I know what Bryce was saying is essentially, you know, we, we don't have as much information to go off of online, so we yeah. scrap and, and call for every yes. bit. Yes. And that's the right attitude to take, really. You know, scrap and claw. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Bryce brought up a, a recent uh, thread that's been going on. Do, do you want to bring that? Do you want to discuss that i thought i thought it'd be neat to get tommy's uh view on it yeah i don't have the thread up in front of you basically the essence of it was i think two like the the guy who posted and somebody else showed down the hands it was a split pot and the dealer made a mistake and pushed it to the guy who posted and he didn't know like the ethics of should i say something and say hey it's a split pot or do i just take the money they're giving me if no one else complains and i think the other the guy the opponent noticed a few seconds later after he started stacking the chips and you know, threw a fit about it and got really upset. He was trying to figure out. Yeah, the original you know, poster just took the money and stacked it into his chips, thinking, "Well, this was the dealer's mistake, not mine." And uh, uh-huh. and it was pretty much just an, an ethical question. Um, yeah. Well, the, one of the one of the uh, perspectives I like to put on this is when somebody is directly involved in one of these and they're the ones discussing it. What I ask them is. If the situation were reversed, what do you think should have happened? You know? Yeah. So, and then it becomes pretty clear that the right answer for most people is that 
the cards, the, the money should go to whoever had the best hand, period. Yeah. You know, when the cards are shown, end of story. <clears throat> yeah, regardless of the dealer's mistake. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, that's how I, I, I responded in the thread just saying basically that, you know, I wouldn't feel right about it. And, you know, when I leave the table, you know, I, I don't want to have, have won money that way. Right. Now, no, no, it's possible for a guy to keep the money because he feels, you know, it was the dealer's mistake and somehow he's entitled to it. We could look at that perspective and say, okay, he's wrong. He's not. But in his mind, he is. You know, he still could be true to his own little code there. You yeah. know, we might not think it's right. So that's why I, you know, kind of an additional topic is, and this, I guess, kind of relates to live play, which is mind your own business. You know, don't be making assumptions about where other people's ethical bars are. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, but I, I just, I, yeah, I like your your way of thinking about it. You know, if if you're in the in the other guy's shoes, are you going to feel screwed? You know, basically. Yeah, exactly. Right, and th- that same logic applies a lot of times when you can look at the like the the hand. You know. Um, look, the cards. You can change the cards around and say, even with betting situations, you can reverse it around and say, "What? Well, how would you feel if he did that or whatever?" And you realize, "Oh yeah, that wasn't that bad of a play in the first place that he made." Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Where did that go? <laughs> um, I mean, I think you touched on it a little bit. So you're saying if you were a third party in this, though, and not involved in the hand, that it. I mean, you talked about you know not getting involved. Does that apply to that? Like if you if you know two guys show down their hands, it's obviously supposed to be a chop. The dealer doesn't notice, but you're not involved. Is that yeah. a mind your own business situation, or do cards speak at that point? No, that's a card. That's a card speak. Now this is really this is really a delicate one because here's here's how I think this kind of summarizes it, is that no one no individual is wrong for speaking up there. Okay. You could never say a guy you should have kept your mouth shut and not told the dealer that there had been a mistake in dividing the pot. But it's also not wrong to not say anything. In other words, it's not automatically wrong if you don't speak up. And the reason that is because some people just can't. You know, they just don't have that much confrontationalism in themselves. They're just in- so one guy might be keeping his mouth shut because he's being devious and i've done this many times i mean not many times but i'll I'll see situations where something goes in favor not so much a splitting of a pot but it may be something like a cd okay like i can see that harry's supposed to be next but ed is the live wire and ed gets ahead of harry i'm not gonna say anything yeah right yeah you know but but if it had been the other way around i would have said something (laughs) <laughs> I would have said, Harry, you know, you got to wait or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, so everybody's got their lines there. Um, but it isn't wrong to not speak up when you see a mistake. It isn't automatically wrong. That's how I feel. Yeah. It's never wrong to speak up. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I did have to ask you, you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, a little bit about coaching. Um, and I did have to ask one question. Um, okay. Uh, Joe Tall is a is a well known student of yours, um, and I just really uh, was was curious. Did did you offer him any sort of senior citizen discount during during his, <laughs> his coaching? Well, I, I would have. I, I knew he had some sort of 
you know, anxiety about his age because he kept reminding me how much older I am than he is. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what's up with that. But, uh, <laughs> Seems like a jerk move to me. <laughs> yeah, who would talk about someone so else's we age? Should, we all should have pity as much pity on Joe as we can and give him every break we can. I, I, I appreciate your spirit there. No, no, Joe's a good guy. I'm just having fun with him. <laughs> Tom just picks on him because his podcast doesn't have a real theme song like ours does. Yeah. I, I heard about that. I mean, I heard, I listened to your first episode, you know. In fact, you, you know, one of the reasons I came on here was because you sort of implied that no one would ever actually hear this anyway. <laughs> so you just felt like you could just come on and just say whatever. <laughs> um, so. Once again, we are incorrect, just like every other discussion we have on this podcast. People are, li- people are listening, if only just to make us incorrect. <laughs> oh, yeah, we actually do it. have listeners, surprisingly. That's really incredible. So that means there's two or more, right? Yeah. Listen- oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's at least more. That's all we know. Plurality of listeners. <laughs> um, so, so at the beginning, uh, you mentioned that you had a new book. Um, uh, I feel like now would be a good time to go into that. That would be a good time. Um, it's, you it's, have one? What did you say? I send you one? Didn't I send you one? You did, but it has not uh, arrived. Um, so um, a friend of mine who actually already has the book let me borrow it. Um, so I, I was able to look through it a little bit. Uh, and it's it's for everyone out there, it's called A Rubber Band Story and Other Poker Tales. And you can find that on Amazon, and I don't know, is there anywhere else? Yep, it's at uh, no, it's at Amazon, and the ebook will be out in about a week or two on Amazon. Right now, it's just a print, and, and uh, um, that will be a Kindle. But as I understand, that can be used on you know all Apple products as well. So okay. <clears throat> so we, uh... yeah, it's um. Well, here's what happened. I I finished Elements of Poker in two thousand. Six, basically, or 2007, and then I, I didn't do any coaching at all, any take on any new clients for like a year and a half while I worked that. And so then I did coaching for about the next two years, about one new client a month with my full program in Vegas and all that. And during that time, I went through another accumulation phase of just tons of material and everything. And this book that I just put out has nothing to do with that. Okay. <laughs> let's get that out there right now okay so so here's a, so for a few years i've had this idea like maybe someday put together a compilation book of some of my poker articles from when i was writing for magazines and then around 2008 i started blogging and every now and then i'll i'll write a blog post that's sort of like you know article grade you know i really work on it and everything and i thought well maybe someday i'll put together a compilation book well uh I'm my editor in a paradox who I'm in sort of constant contact with, with for various writing projects. Um, the timing just came up just right. And she's like, you know, let's do it now. And so we just, she and I worked together on this as a partnership. And so we put this together over the last year or so, just sort of not working too hard on it at any given time. And what, um, so it's a list of, it's a collection of basically all my best writings. There, these are like two to three pages articles from about 1998 when I wrote for Poker Digest all the way to fairly recently. And there's a bunch of new material, which is there's about 20 forwards and afterwards. The, the total number of stories is about 55. 
And then there are about 20 smaller pieces, anywhere from a paragraph to two pages, that are like introductions to some of the stories or follow-ups to them and just you know, little anecdotal things added in there. And then Anna wrote a really nice introduction, and then there's a, I wrote a thing at the end. And there you go. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to check it out. I'm a avid reader of your blog, um, and, you know, it's always great stuff. And I know they post uh, some of your articles on Deuces Cracked uh, occasionally, mm-hmm. um, and I know everyone loves those. So if you are a fan of those, definitely definitely check out uh, this book. Yeah, it was it was it was really fun to put together, and, and uh, so I do have one. Uh, I am working on a book was, that is going to be. Uh, it's going. It's a long way off. It's probably you know two years or so away, but it is going to be uh, based on that accumulation of stuff. Yeah, I, I was going to ask. I was you know <laughs> you mentioned so, the accumulation of all this stuff, and uh, I, was, I was wondering. So I have like a four hundred page file of things that's actually pretty well sorted and you know i'm in there tinkering around but in july i'm planning to really bear down and start work on my next major work which is going to be called painless poker okay is it too early to ask questions as far as what sort of i mean is there a general theme of that book that you've already kind of thought about as far as related yeah. elements of poker or is um, it something sure. totally different no, well, it's different in, in structure uh, significantly. It, it's actually what it's different in is uh, the growth pattern. Is just like how it's coming together. So the way I think of it is like elements of poker was I pictured it as a clothesline of you know miscellaneous topics that sort of found their way into natural groupings. Um, but the way I worked on that book was I could just go to anywhere and just start working and things would congeal down. This book I'm I'm. Even though I have, I, I know what's going to be in there, but I'm writing it from beginning to end, and I'm also writing it, uh, which is a, you know a completely different method of writing it. And I'm also I have the structure uh, firm from the beginning that there's going to be four parts, you know, and I know what the parts are. So it's like it's just growing in a different way, more like tr- you know big trunks with branches rather than just a whole bunch of little separate things. Okay. I don't know if that made any sense at all, but but uh, I feel pretty good because I have a structure at all. Okay. <laughs> so once once that once that's in place, uh, you know it'll it should grow pretty well. Yeah, we're thinking about trying that structure thing for this podcast sometime. Oh in the no future. no! Don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> <laughs> you know, as one third of our listener base, we will respect your opinion. So. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, not, there are pros and cons. Yeah. yeah, I didn't say it was a good idea. I'm just saying this is how I'm doing. It. So. <laughs> no, I'm pretty excited about it, I, and I I do I actually have the first uh, thirty forty pages or so actually written, and I'm pretty excited about that because it's it's a thirty page bad beat story. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like from 1995. It's the absolute worst road trip of my, poker road trip of my life. In gory detail. <laughs> And the whole point of it that's kind of made clear at the beginning is that the drive home, which was it should have taken seven hours and it took 22 hours because I was so depressed that I literally could not stay awake, even though I was had plenty of sleep and coffee. I just kept pulling a note, pulling over to go to sleep because I just couldn't even bear to be awake. And so the gist of the story is you're, you're while you're reading the, the story proper inserted in it are little segments of my racing mind on the way home, which was just completely insane. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that's how it starts. I'm not quite sure what exactly is going to happen next. Okay. <laughs> that, I definitely want to read that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I hope the, the key now is that I just don't, you know, take on a bunch of new projects and get completely derailed. I was going to say, are you willing to lay odds on uh, you actually getting started on that in July? Oh, oh I, I, the odds of me starting on it in July are very, very good. The odds of me, I'd say, completing it right now, I'd say is about 80%. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you got the, you know, the structure in place, so that should, that should at least help. Yeah, it will. It will. But... It takes, you know, it takes a pretty long, sustained effort. I have to get, you know, really kind of compulsive about it. Yeah, I honestly don't know how anyone writes a whole book. In in college, I, I waited until the morning of to write my 15-page, like, final paper, and that was just the most brutal thing ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you come up with, like, 400 pages. I, I, I don't know. That, well, one time. He probably thinks about it a little bit longer than you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because well, I took the I took the SAT two writing test when I was in high school, and it was form and write an essay in twenty minutes. And a lot of the really smart kids did not so well, and they were amazed at my score. And it's like this is what I do every day: write an essay at lunchtime. Well, you just because of what you said, I'd like to do a, a, a brief reading from a rubber band story and other poker tales. Okay, this is at the very end. The the uh, it's called Last Words, which is my little closing bit. When I walk into a bookstore, my first impulse is to genuflect and then walk up and down the aisles while lightly running my fingertips across millions of hours of bindings. How the heck did so many people manage to, one, finish a book, and two, get it to market? <laughs> <laughs> I've been just as amazed. Um, end of reading, okay? <laughs> I've been just as amazed as you have by that. Yeah, it's it's truly amazing to me anytime someone is able to put together a book because <laughs> I would that's, never be able to do it. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I don't know if it'll happen again. I look at it as like kind of a fluke, you know, that it happened once. We'll see what happens. Okay. It'll be a race. We'll see if we can keep this podcast going as long as it takes. Oh, we can have a last longer bet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know which side I would take on that. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm yeah, pretty tired I, of you, Bryce, already. So, I mean, well, we'll I, do it. We'll I, am, I feel the same way. So, <laughs> about, about myself, not about you guys. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just, what we'll do is we'll just put a line out there and, you know, we'll put two lines out there and just book it. Sounds you know, good. Profit. All right, Tommy. Well, uh, did you have anything else to add? Who, me? Yeah. Uh, well, let me see. Um, Nope. Okay. Um, I guess uh, we'll be seeing you out at the the DC home game, and again, that's uh, I believe that's June, you said June thirtieth, right? Yes. Okay. And I yeah. believe I, Joe set that up at the Aria again this year. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Really enjoyed it. Okay, guys. Good luck with your podcast. Thank you. I'll tell the other thank listener. You. I'll make sure he listens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. He'll, he'll be on next week. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Bye. Okay. Thanks again to Tommy Angelo for coming on and providing such a great interview. Uh, be sure to check out his new book, A Rubber Band Story and Other Poker Tales, that you can find at either Amazon.com or his website, TommyAngelo.com. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Badugi All Stars. Uh, both of you that are following us now, I appreciate it. Um, if you've been listening on iTunes, you know, and you like what you hear, definitely give us, you know, the review or some stars. If you don't like what you've been hearing, you can keep that to yourself. Uh, coming up next time, we're going to have Mitch to talk about the art of trolling. Yes, definitely t- uh, tune in for that so you can perfect your trolling. Um. We will probably be back in a couple weeks, so just subscribe on iTunes and you'll get it. Um, this was Tech Moose Super Bowl. Next in the Grouch. See you guys later.